Hello and welcome into another episode of Popcorn for Breakfast with your co-host, Kirk. Hello, hello. I am your other co-host, Cam. We're here recording on a Tuesday night, October 26th. Halloween is upon us. Spooky season is upon us. I'm wearing a shirt that says Happy Hulkaween for those of you watching. Not on the stream because we're not streaming this week, but we are still recording. So I'll throw this up on YouTube um, probably tomorrow, Wednesday. Uh, I still have to throw up our No Time to Die review because we are just churning through it right now. We're churning through because we were out for a week and then out for another week on top of that because I was sick and so we missed two whole weeks and so this is actually the first time we have talked about movie news since october 5th oh my gosh it's been three weeks right are you guys okay out there like are you i'm not okay i don't i know you weren't asking me but i'm not physically no no you be silent i'm asking the audience (laughs) i would like them to respond this is a cry for help kirk please i i am not okay uh I need to talk about movie news. It's like holding in a sneeze. It's not good. It's not good at all. I know. And a lot of times you and I will talk about movie news, but not a lot when, not a lot about the stuff we want to talk about on the podcast. Like it'll just be like, Hey, how about this? Uh, What what do you think about that? You know, but not like the juicy stuff. Like we're going to drop today. I know it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I feel, I feel happy about it. We're trying to crank out as much content as possible since we've had, we had a lot of movies banked that we're reviewing. We have new movies coming out. Um, you know, today we're recording our Dune review as well, which you guys will hear on the pod on either Thursday or Friday. The reason I say Thursday or Friday is we're trying to cook up a Halloween Kills review. We haven't gotten a chance to record it just yet, but we wanted to get Dune out of the way, and maybe we'll be able to drop it on Friday for a little Halloween treat ahead of the holiday. That would be pretty cool, but we're still working on getting there. So it's exciting though. It's exciting to be back. It's, I love this time of year. We went to, we went to boo at the zoo tonight, which is like the little, I don't know. It's, it's essentially just like Halloween decorations and lights and stuff at the zoo. Everybody wears their costumes. It's a good time. Mm -hmm. Um, so we enjoyed that. And I got a little spooky season treat myself this morning, which was that, uh, a little before 7 a.m., I woke up like three minutes before my alarm, which is like the worst. That's that like is the terrible. worst feeling in the world. And my door slightly cracked open as soon as I woke up, which is not unusual because I assume it was my, my three-year-old who often comes into our room at the crack of dawn. And so I was like, all right, Marshall, just, you know, come in. Come on in, buddy. Come in. Because I was going to get in the shower. I was like, you can lay in the bed. I don't care. Like, I'm tired. I don't care. And the door just kept slowly opening and opening and so I was like okay Marshall you know stop horsing around like come come on in and at this point my wife's awake because I've woken I'm waking everybody up with my loud voice and (laughs) I so I finally am like dude what are you doing I get up open the door nobody there I look around the corner into my son's room he's still sleeping in his bed and I'm like okay that's that's creepy for a number of reasons first of all the door just started opening whenever I woke up if for some reason I had not closed the door all the way or something coming into the room at night, you would think it would already be open. Like if it was mm-hmm. going to open. So that's yes. weird, right? Like I'm not, I'm not crazy. Like that is a weird thing. Hmm. It, so you know, for a fact you latched that door last night. No, I don't. But what I'm saying is if I hadn't, 
it had, mm-hmm. you know, seven hours to do its creepy slow opening, but it only mm-hmm. just did it right whenever I woke up. Like I watched it go. Yes. Yes. Do you know if the air turned on right before? No. Hmm. Mm. I mean, it's, it's always possible, but does that mean that the air didn't turn on you, the entire night? You are hoping for a ghost to be in your new no, house. No, I'm not. I. <laughs> I, I'm not hoping for it. I'm just, I am just curious of what happened. Now so, I do think it's possible. I don't know. Have you definitely asleep. Any, have you experienced any other supernatural events in your home? No, not yet, but Ooh, I'm sure okay, it's coming. So, let this be marked as number one, yeah. and pretty soon we'll have to have a name for such ghost who is creeping on you. This is like a little introduction, like a little love tap, like, Honestly, ghost is best case scenario, in my opinion, because in oh, my yeah. experience, ghosts are, you know, they're, they're generally, they're the kinder of the apparitions that can be mm. in your home. It's the demons we, and the, you know, the, the paranormal activity stuff that I just mm-hmm. want no part of at all. And they do that kind of stuff. Remember those movies, the paranormal activity movies? They're always opening the cabinet doors, sl- throwing the pots and pans around. I'm not yes. cool. Not cool with that at all. Yeah, like the like the scene in The Sixth Sense when they just open up that, those kitchen cabinets yes. and throw everything out and whoo. Yeah. Heart attack. Absolute heart they attack. They do the same thing like in paranormal activity. Old. Like they go, one of them, she goes in there all the kitchen cabinets are open and everything's empty. And she's like, huh? And then boom, it all falls from the ceiling. It's like the worst jump scare in the history of jump scares, man. Anyway. So yeah, if, if I, if I turn up, I don't know, possessed or like brutally murdered or something like that, it was, it was whatever this unnamed ghost is. We should name him. Let's let's call him Stuart. I think Stuart is an old enough name, but not like Victorian age old, uh, where where that would be the appropriate name for the ghost in your home. This is like a young ghost. Like a it's young not ghost. an old house. This is not an old house. It's like twelve right. years old. So I mean, it's like it's a twelve year old ghost, as morbid as that sounds. No, like <laughs> like the person wasn't twelve. The per- okay. like the ghost is twelve. You, you know what? what I'm uh, what what I think about when I think of ghosts like immediately and I was uh, uh, wonderfully reminded this past week is the wonderful 90s hit show on Nickelodeon, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Yeah. They had a ghost in one of their episodes who was like cold because it was like this horrific uh, like child had died in the woods and couldn't find his jacket and uh-huh. he this uh, the new family had moved in and they heard about this ghost and every time the kid like wandered off, the living kid wandered off into the woods and turned around, bam! There he was, and he'd say, I'm cold, like in the most horrific jump scare fashion. Yeah. I'm telling you, that show was so scary. That show it was, was so haunting. scary. Yeah. That show was just the opening sequence alone was enough to send oh, shivers yeah. down my spine. The like creepy playground set with the swing. Yes. Yeah. As a kid, it just, yeah, it ruined me. It ruined me. So, yeah, that's what's happening in my home right now. Though I like the idea that it's not like some super old, like Civil War era ghost. Like that makes me feel slightly mm. better. I think. Like in the others, like the grandma who's um, like the blind grandma at the end of the others. Yeah, no, um, hard pass. Who's actually alive. I think she's actually alive in that sense. <laughs> so, yeah, I want no part of it. My ghost is just going to be like texting in the corner, like blowing 
bubbles with bubble gum and being like, sup, <laughs> sup, bro. You know, that's, that's basically my ghost. It's a zenial. <laughs> yes. Watching TikToks and doing fit checks. Yes. You know, it's going to be doing that in the corner. I'm going to be like, oh my God, get out of here. Anyway. No cap? <laughs> yeah, no cap, bro. Okay. Enough about that. Let's talk about movie news, shall we? Yes. All right, let's do it. Let me, we shall. Let me pop it up. Also, if you're listening to this and you're thinking that you have to wait all the way until the end of the week for our review, you're wrong. We reviewed something on Monday, No Time to Die. So go back. We kind of have a we have a Helter Skelter release schedule this week, like I said, because we have all these different things we're trying to get out the door. But No Time to Die, the movie we've been waiting for forever to review. We reviewed it. We dropped it on Monday. We talked about it for an hour. We talked about the future of Bond. We talked about all kinds of fun stuff. Definitely be sure to check it out. But for what's popping, here's what we've got cooked up right now. First, and hot off the presses, is that Succession has been greenlit for season four, renewed for season four. Um, This is big news. Uh, They tend to announce things like this. While the iron's hot, (laughs) you know, like right now, Succession Season 3 just kicked off. They have two episodes already airing, both on HBO and HBO Max. And so they felt like now was the time to announce it. They announced on the Succession Twitter account. Everybody's very excited. They said, uh, the creators of the show and Jesse Armstrong, the writer, said that four or five seasons is probably what they're going to do. So that, that Season 4 renewal... It may be the final season, you know, we'll see. And it may, you know, it may be the penultimate season. That's kind of what we're gearing up for. But one thing I will say, Kirk, and I want to get your opinion on this too. I get the sentiment that not everybody is watching Succession, and I feel strongly that everyone should be watching Succession. You read my mind. I was That's all I was thinking about when you announced that season four was coming out, that... I have asked multiple people about, you know, what they think about the show. Are they watching it? And usually I'm the person who watches something when the series ends and everyone else is watching week to week. So I feel very young. I feel very in the know. But then at the same time, because there's not enough followers, I feel out of the loop at the same time. I don't understand it. Yeah, I feel like I need to be shouting it from the rooftops because we've brought up Succession a couple times on this show because... You and I are both fans, and I just feel like I don't know. Like I don't. I am talking to some people about it. I have close friends who watch the show, but for every person that I talk to about it, there are ten people that, whenever I bring it up, are like, "What? What's that?" And mm-hmm. not to be super forceful on this, but like, this is the essential show. I feel like right now, like th- like of the things that are on, this is the one that will be deemed that I would deem essential viewing like it's I mean I don't want to call it the Sopranos or anything but I mean it's if it gets if this season goes well and the next season is of the same caliber as the three seasons that have come before it we're talking GOAT we're talking potential GOAT candidate greatest Mm -hmm. of all time show and that's saying something especially on a network like HBO where They've had tons of huge shows. But I really do believe that. I believe that one more good season 
Assuming the rest of this one goes well, I'm loving where they're going so far. Assuming the rest of this one goes well, one more good season and then a good, and they wrap it up well, I think it would be my favorite. I really do. I just, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. And its predecessors, all those great HBO shows you and I have talked about on this show lots of times. We were just talking about The Sopranos because of many Saints of Newark. Like, yep. those shows walked so that succession could run. You can right. see the pathway that leads to the show being great. So it doesn't feel groundbreaking because there, it, it's we knew that something like this was coming, but I feel like it. I feel like it is. It is new in a way. Yeah, you have to understand that the blueprint is there of like all the great things that are needed, all the quips, all the the characters that you kind of expect in a show like this, the the number of characters too. You're like, okay, well, I've got my six, right? And here we go. Uh, this is this is really quite a wonder to watch. When we get into new seasons of shows, often when they're very popular, they feed into that popularity. But what's cool about Succession is that it sticks to the success of the story and the characters. And that is why it's, um, it's, more, it's on track to be the greatest of all time. Yeah, and I think what's different about this show that makes it stick out to me is that the character, there's so much that the characters say, but there's so much that they don't. That mm-hmm. every given week, like when you and I are talking about it, or I'm talking to my buddies about it, it's like, what do you think this person's playing at? And you never know what cards they're actually they've laid on the table, and what cards they still have their hand and they're playing close to the vest. Like you are, it's almost like watching like reality TV, like Big Brother Survivor. Only mm-hmm. it's in a show. Like you're trying to guess what everybody's moves going to be, who's going to end up on the top of the pyramid like it's very interesting it just it really is and it's it's hilarious and dramatic and epic and all of that so and weird and that's that's a, a charm <laughs> of shows like a little bit of weird there's yes. always one storyline that you're like what is happening and it just like breaks you from like the rhythm a little bit and then they drop it in once or twice per season and that keeps you guessing when those characters pop up you're like wait a second are they gonna do that weird thing again like am i am i gonna be like intrigued scared (laughs) am i gonna shut this off like they do that like think i i can vividly think there's a big storyline in madman that they do this in mm-hmm. um and this in particular um you gotta watch it i don't even want to tell you which characters it is but a little bit of weird goes a long way not too yeah. weird no it's like it's like the game within the game it's like the writers yeah. trying to throw you off the set and be like look over here look at this do you think this matters maybe it does maybe it doesn't like i'll <laughs> let you decide but i'm at least gonna throw it out there it's yeah it's it's awesome but yeah we're getting a season four at least. Uh, there's a, like I said, a chance that it could be the final season. We'll we'll see. It's obviously like I do feel like it is gaining popularity. Succession is because nobody seemingly has a bad thing to say about this show. <laughs> like I I have not seen a poor review. I don't see people trashing it. I don't see you know anything like that. Any sort of negative noise about it. So with time, it will it will get the appreciation it deserves. But we're part of the movement. We're part of the revolution here. Moving on. Viva la succession. <laughs> Other exciting news. The Bren, the Brendanessance or the Fraser Renaissance. I don't know which one you want to call Ooh. this, but Brendan Fraser is on a bit of a tear. You know, he's, he's scooping up roles. I think a lot of this can be credited to 
Doom Patrol and the, and the amazing work he's done on there as Robot Man. Uh, we obviously know, we talked about that he's going to be in Killers of the Flower Moon. Is that what it's called? The Martin Scorsese flick with Jesse Plemons mm-hmm. and Leo DiCaprio. Um, but he's just been cast in the new Batgirl movie that DC is adapting as the villain, which Deadline is reporting that and also speculating that the villain will be Firefly. Um, and Brendan Fraser has snagged the role. This is the Leslie Grace Batgirl feature film. I don't know if I said Batman. I meant Batgirl. Batgirl feature film that's coming from DC. So mm-hmm. Brendan Fraser, who, by the way, is already in the DC universe, like I just said, playing Robot Man in Doom Patrol, has been cast as a villain in this new Batgirl movie, Kirk. What's your what's your take on this? How do you feel about it? the Brendan Fraser? I like calling it the Fraser Renaissance because it rolls off the tongue tongue a little bit better. But what's your take on this resurgence and this role for him? Big fan, big fan of Brendan Fraser. It was uh, sad and surprising to see him fall off the face of the planet, and now we know more about that story. Um, you know, my only quip with um, uh, my only fight with Batgirl is that, I, as I've stated before, the only Batgirl that it should be is Alicia Silverstone. I think she was a fantastic <laughs> Batgirl. I mean that with all of my heart. I think she deserves another chance because, you know, I, I just think she she got done dirty with uh, with a bad storyline. And uh, I think it was her moment to shine. And this this is going to be fine. I don't really have any um, idea that Batgirl can be a standalone film because we've had several attempts at live action Batgirl and all of it's come crashing down hard. So do you think there's enough there to make a substantial Batgirl film? I definitely do. I feel like Barbara Gordon as a character, and maybe this is just within the last 20 years or so. So maybe the, maybe the content caught up to the character, but like, Barbara Gordon is a very enticing character with, you know, it, you know, with deep, deep plot and, and context and depth to it. Like Barbara Gordon has become a really excellent character in the comics. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm intrigued and I like Leslie Grace. I, I think, she, you know, I don't trust DC, obviously right. that's, that's well documented. I love the idea of a lot of the stuff they're cooking up and we'll talk about DC fandom right after this, but you know, or in a, in a little bit, but I just don't trust them still. Like I, 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 there have been so many times where you hear a concept for a DC film and you go, Ooh, I like that. And Oh, oh I like that cast. Like, okay, this is coming together. And then you go see it and the finished product is not, it's not good. It's not detail oriented. It's not thoughtful. It's not intentional. It's just, it's kind of, garbage honestly it just kind of is so um i want to get excited about this movie but i won't let myself i will not um and i want desperately for it to go well for brendan fraser and i'm now concerned about alicia silverstone kirk because of you because you brought that up and where's the where's the alicia silverstone assance where is that at do we not remember that these two were in one of the greatest 90s films of all time, Blast from the Past, Brendan Ooh, Fraser and Alicia Silverstone? Wow. I mean, 
if anyone wants to relive that, it's me because I freaking love that movie. If we could have a sequel, this is the world of sequels <laughs> yep. where there's another presumed apocalypse, but maybe this time there really is. Yep. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the 1999 blast from the past, but that would be so incredible. It would be so incredible. That would be good. That would be good. And like, she also fell from grace. I mean, she was in she was in a lot of stuff back in the day. And I mean, Clueless, hello, hello, huge, yeah. And and I I you know, those early I mean those late nineties Batman films were rough deluxe. But I can't say that she's the most memorably hateable part of any of them. I think there are many other glaring uh, you know performances mm-hmm. <laughs> that stick out. Hello, Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and also like what they did to Bane and also like Robin, you know, uh, just anyway, not going to get into that, but Brendan Fraser, we're, we got your back. We're pulling for you. We, we want you to succeed and we hope that this role is good for you. And I hope that this movie is good. I want it to be good. Yes. Um, so I did say we will talk about we will talk about DC fandom in a bit because we're going to talk about the Batman. Um, but first, another actor who is getting some resurgence in one specific arena is Hayden Christensen. Hayden Christensen, yes. who you know we had heard, and this sort of broke the internet at least on my nerdy timeline. Whenever we found out that he had been cast <laughs> as Anakin in the Obi Wan Kenobi show with Ewan McGregor, which I mean that cast, oh my gosh, that popped up in my memories the other day on Facebook that we had posted about um, (laughs) like the cast list being released and I was like, oh my gosh, give me this show. I was just like right back at it again. But now uh, the Hollywood Reporter is reporting that Hayden Christensen is going to be returning as Anakin Skywalker for another Star Wars project, which is Ahsoka, the Rosario Dawson series. Um, and I guess Mandalorian spinoff technically because the Rosario mm-hmm. Dawson Ahsoka first appeared in the Mandalorian. Um, this is huge. I mean, if you're a fan of the Clone Wars, you know, or, or just Star Wars in general, like, you know that this is massive. Like the mm-hmm. Anakin Skywalker Ahsoka relationship has huge implications in everything that happens the fact that Ahsoka is still around post the prequels, post the Clone Wars, and the fact that this is presumably going to see Ahsoka and Anakin as adversaries, uh, you know, with him as Darth Vader. I, I assume, is that a safe assumption, Kirk, or should we assume that this is all going to be flashbacks or something? Well, I love that you said that because on the IMDb page, IMDb page we have Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's listed as Darth Vader only. So obviously continuation directly after episode three and see what happens and what unfolds. Hopefully we'll get some Rogue One tie-ins. It's going to be wild. Now in Ahsoka... He's listed as Anakin Skywalker slash Darth Vader. So I think we're going to see both sides of that timeline there Ooh. because, you that know. gives me goosebumps. I just like <laughs> the idea of that show revolving around the fact that Ahsoka now has to, I don't know, deal with Darth Vader, who is her former master. Um, right. And flashing back to her moments being trained by him. Like that can be really, really cool. And I did not think they were going to go there with that. I thought it was just going to be like 
almost like a like a high concept like what if you know what was ahsoka doing this whole time kind of thing right mm-hmm. which i mean it, it will be that to some extent but i just i just it never really popped into my head that they would talk about anakin or show anakin or bring darth vader into the fold like that has potential to be really really interesting because Ahsoka is in the Clone Wars, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I can. She's see really doing... the main character of the Clone Wars. For I mean, it's like her and Anakin and Obi Wan, and as things evolve, it becomes more about Ahsoka. I feel like. So here's what I'm thinking: the Clone Wars battle scene, Episode Two, fantastic, wonderfully done. Right, they come out, him and Padme are tied up, and they get freed, and they're going at it. Right. I can see because Hayden Christensen and um, Natalie Portman have not aged. I can see That's them true. recreating some like side scenes from that uh, and fighting in that and Ahsoka and, you know, maybe like running out together or uh, beforehand. You know, there are lots of opportunities here that I can see of them slipping into the, the main storyline uh, where I think that's where we'll see the Anakin Skywalker side. Yeah, I'm I'm my interest is definitely peaked, you know. I'm like the Leonardo. Di- I feel like I reference a Leonardo DiCaprio meme or GIF every single time. <laughs> but the one from Django where he's like, "You had my interest, but now you have my attention." Like that's where that's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Um, v- very excited and happy for Hayden Christensen. He took an unimaginable amount of flack for mm-hmm. his Anakin performance. I feel like there, there. You know, it's not as bad as some other people have gotten for sure, but. People destroy the prequels. They destroy him because of the prequels, because they didn't like his performance as Anakin. You know, really, the writing wasn't doing him any favors with the dialogue. Some rough stuff. He got a bad break. And, you know, I know there's been some stinkers in his portfolio, but this is Mm -hmm. awesome. This is just unequivocally, undebatably awesome. I'm excited about it. And, um, yeah, I might be more excited for his appearances in... Ahsoka than I am in Obi-Wan Kenobi now, honestly. Right, because in Obi-Wan, I mean, he's going to be in the suit. Uh, you would maybe assume. We'll, yeah. Maybe we'll get a couple of mask off moments, right? But ultimately, he's going to be mostly in that suit. And he's going to have a voice, you know, changeover. Uh, maybe it'll be James Earl Jones, I'm not sure. Please. But it has to be right uh but definitely in ahsoka we're gonna get more more of him in there and this could be you know in in the words of elizabeth banks in pitch perfect he might turn me it it might be that right (laughs) yeah honestly he he might be better he might redeem himself uh which everyone loves a comeback story so that'd be great it's so true it's so true so yeah we'll be looking forward to that um very very much so all right, next thing I want to talk about, we teased it earlier, DC Fandom. DC Fandom is, you know, this is the, it's their DC-centric version of a fan fest, only only DC content, mo- some comic book content, some TV show content, it's, every, it's all things DC, to be honest. And this was their second year doing it. It happened on Saturday, October 16th. I watched the entire thing, which I will never do again, because... Here's the thing. The first DC fandom, I was like, that's dumb. And I love DC, but I was like, "There's, they're not going to have enough content to fill that show. I'm not interested, whatever. But they ended up dropping tons of newsworthy stuff during that. And, you know, including, you know, the Suicide Squad and the Batman trailer and all this stuff. I felt mm-hmm. like I was like, couldn't type fast enough last time. And I was like, I'm not going to make that mistake again. I'm tuning in. I'm going to watch the whole thing. And it just did not 
live up to the standard. And so I will not be doing that again. I will just be following it on Twitter, watching a few segments, whatever. But overall, we got nothing new from DC fandom that we didn't expect. Right? Like, we got a look at Peacemaker, which was cool. Um, You know, they did a little panel. We got a look at Shazam! Fury of the Gods, which had some, you know, looks at the new suit, a couple of clips from the new movie, nothing crazy, which, which is insane because that movie is done filming. Like, they should have plenty a full trailer absolutely i feel the same way about black adam and and they didn't give that for black adam either just a little bit of a look and then the flash which was interesting because we got this short little teaser again they're they're pretty far along in production on the flash too but we got a short little teaser you know they tease michael keaton they don't show him they show the ears they tease uh, our new supergirl um Supergirl, Superwoman, Supergirl. Sorry, Supergirl. Mm-hmm. Getting all my superheroes mixed up. Plus mm-hmm. two versions, two different Ezra Miller flashes. They show the new Flash suit. They show, they show kind of the 1989 Batmobile because he's yes. like pulling the cover off of it. And you can clear like they don't show the car, but you can clearly tell that it's that. I mean, that Batmobile has a very iconic shape to it, so it's clearly that, which is awesome. Um, so that was a little bit interesting, honestly. And obviously the trailer for the Batman. My new, my piece of news that I was most excited about <laughs> was them reconfirming that a Static Shock live action movie is in the works. Um, they had mentioned, you know, we had heard that and, and a couple outlets had confirmed it, but then there was just like radio silence on it for the longest time. And, you know, Michael B. Jordan is attached to that project to produce it. But that is still happening. And I think it will only be for HBO Max, but I, I don't care. Uh, it, it could honestly suck, and I wouldn't care. Like, I just, yes. I want it. Um, but the big news of the day really was uh, the Batman. The Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they saved it for last. Everybody was tuning in for the new trailer. You know, hilariously, it's the same thing that stole the show at the first DC fandom, was them <laughs> dropping a surprise teaser for the Batman that everybody watched a billion times. And this time we got a full trailer, which is actually a theatrical trailer too. Um, this movie comes out in March. I feel like that snuck up on us. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a parallel universe without COVID where this movie is already out because it was supposed to be out already. But March 4th is the release date for the Batman. I'm going to pull up the trailer, Kirk, and then I want to chat about this, this trailer because there is so much. <laughs> there is so, so. much here. Um, so I'm going to let it roll behind us. And, you know, for those of you who want to watch along, you can do so on YouTube after I get this posted. But this trailer aesthetically is familiar, but also not. You know, I think I think it definitely brings a callback to the Nolan Batman movies. I think mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, the Nolan movies ran or walked so that this movie could run because a movie this shot yeah, right here. I love it. I love it. <laughs> and I just love everything that Matt Reeves has crafted aesthetically here. It is, you know, they've said that it's based off of the Batman Year One graphic novel. Basically, it is gritty like that. It is just raw. You know, they show the Batmobile here in a little bit, and it really just looks like a souped-up Dodge Charger, like Dodge Challenger muscle car. Yes. Um, you know, Matt Reeves referenced at DC fandom that this is a very low tech version of Batman. 
you know, this is him starting out. He's he's been doing it, but he's not, you know, he's not the greatest detective ever yet. He's he's really getting his start. Of course, we get our first like, as we're showing now, more more detailed looks at Alfred, Selena Kyle, which is Zoe Kravitz. Um, Alfred's played by Andy Serkis here. Colin Farrell gets a lot of play in this as as Penguin. Um, he's completely unrecognizable both in a, like face and voice. You cannot mm-hmm. hear it at all. He's got this thick like Brooklyn, you know, Jersey Italian accent, and you just really cannot. I can't find him in there, Kirk. I don't know. I just can't. He is completely masked, which is a a fantastic, artful metaphor that he is. You cannot see him uh, whatsoever under the prosthetics. And I don't know how he got that voice, but beautifully done. I won't even hear the Irish in him in this film, which is exciting. Yeah. Uh, Paul Dano's Riddler, you barely see because he's wearing goggles and a mask and things like that. And then... Um, of course, Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon, which was something that I had honestly forgotten how excited I was about that until I saw him in the trailer again. Um, but this is a legit trailer. This It shows a lot. We get to hear the Michael Giacchino score, which that bomb, 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 bomb. Like that's been living in my head for since this trailer came out, and mm. it just looks sick. So, it does. Kirk, my, my question to you after going through that is basically where are you at on this movie? What's got you most excited? Um, what did you see in the trailer that really piqued your interest? Colin Farrell, just all the Colin Farrell <laughs> because I'm just so baffled by it. And you know, what's funny. Um, we love to bash. Um, well I do. I think you do too. Jared Leto, uh, just love to bash that guy because he's just so strange his prosthetics for the movie he's coming out in oh, the is house, he in house of Gucci. Of Gucci. Th- there's similar stuff going on yes. with their aesthetics. Obviously they're very much different, but it almost looks like Jared Leto came and watched Colin Farrell <laughs> and then went back to his set. I mean, I, I kid you not. There's I, and I would al- always blame Jared Leto always, 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 but Colin Farrell in this, I mean, this person just seems such so real that if you didn't know it was Colin Farrell, you just thought like, wow, look at this, look at this actor. Like yeah, this is this, the penguin. Like they just, this is his him. dream role. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like look at that guy's face. Of course, right. this is the only thing he could play. Um, I, I just think that that is really, that's what I'm, I'm banking on because you can't have a good film without a good villain. Obviously Paul Dano is going to be something out of this world. I'm very intrigued to see what his face looks like as they continue to hide him and what that means through, through all of this. Yeah. You know, I think what I like about this movie is I feel like it looks like, um, it's not a Batman origin story. That is what's really got me excited about it. You know, and and I had heard Matt Reeves saying it and I was like, okay, yeah, we'll believe it when we see it, but it's just clear. Like, we don't get a lot of Bruce Wayne out of the suit in this move in this trailer. It, nothing shows anything about Bruce's parents, Bruce, you know, his starting out with Alfred. They don't even really show Wayne Manor. Nothing. Mm-hmm. Like this is Bruce on the streets as Batman figuring it out. And I expect it to be more about Batman. I mean, the movie is called The Batman. I expect it to be more about Batman than Bruce Wayne, which is something I feel is a little bit different from the Chris Nolan, you know. In the Chris Nolan movies, Batman was sort of Dr. Jekyll to 
Bruce Wayne's, uh, or it was Mr. Hyde to Bruce Wayne's Dr. Jekyll in a way. Um, and I feel like in this one, it's going to be opposite. I feel like it's going to be more of a Batman movie. Um, like I said, it's grittier. It <laughs> looks brutal. The fight sequences are just heavy. The punches mm-hmm. hit hard. Um, the pace is fast. There's, I mean, just it's checking a lot of boxes for me. I love that. Christopher Nolan was about the man becoming the Batman, but this is about how the man is Batman and how, you know, you put on the suit, but how do you how do you walk through being that other person, that right. other uh, what's your mantra when you're in the suit? Well, how far will you go? What will you do? What will you not do? Well, I think that like there is a line in the trailer um real quick where you see Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and Alfred's doing what he always does with Bruce Wayne, which is warn him about the choices that he's making and try to be an advisor and a father figure to him. And Robert Pattinson just looks at him dead serious and says, I don't care what happens to me. That's right. Like that, that's, that's where he's at mentally. And that's the movie that we're going to get. I'm I'm stoked. (laughs) I'm so so fired up. I March cannot get here fast enough. It's going to be, I, I, I think it's off to a great start. So, And this movie could not have happened without the Nolan movies, period. No. End of story. Nope. Awesome. Well, that's DC Fandom uh, and the Batman trailer. There were other things that happened. Here's a news story that I had to throw in here because it just skirted underneath the radar. Um, Bo Burnham lives in the Nightmare on Elm Street house. What? Yes, he does. Where he what? films Inside the amazing Netflix special that I love is in a, like a little miniature, almost like mother-in-law suite type house in the back of that house. He lives in the house, Nancy's house from the nightmare on Elm street with his longtime partner and director of the movie hustlers. Um, I always mess up her name. Uh, Scafaria is her last name. Um, but I need to know. Lorene, Lorene, Lorene Scafaria, if I'm pronouncing that right. So, did he grow up? Is that the house where he filmed his infamous YouTube videos? Like, no, I okay. don't believe so. No, I believe they they purchased this house and okay. live in it. The the two of them and have for a while because I believe that it's shown in the Make Happy uh, special as well. Maybe because at the end he like at the beginning and the end of that special he's in what looks like the same little house from inside in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that like, that just, they just kind of slid that under the radar. And I was like, hold on. I don't know <laughs> what we can do with this information, but people need to know this because it is not news at all, but it, it somehow is very interesting to me. And I want people to know that that's a thing. Yeah. It, it's definitely, you know, he's drawing some influence, I think from the other side, uh, being in that same house. <laughs> I saw a Twitter comment and I should have screenshotted it because I loved it. It said, said, this makes sense because inside lives inside my dreams. <laughs> That's special. <laughs> yes. So, um, someone said, man, uh, Freddy Krueger's going to have his hands full, whatever he shows back up and it's Bo Burnham, just like talking about capitalism and depression. <laughs> It's like, yeah, pop in. it's going to be Freddy Krueger's nightmare. He's going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But anyway, yes. that's happening. And then, of course, as we like to do, just a few things to keep an eye out for this week. First of all, tons of HBO shows are coming back. Insecure, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Succession, as we mentioned. 
Um, all of that stuff is is either starting back up or has started back up. So if you're if you're watching any of those shows and you miss that, you know those are some big names. Uh, just hop on HBO Max and you can get your fill of that. Two mm-hmm. big movie releases this weekend, Kirk. We're going to have some decisions to make for next week's review. Indie films, the both of them. Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho, which looks like nothing we've ever seen before. Um, right. Stoked for that. And then, of course, The French Dispatch, Wes Anderson's latest, which technically released last week, but it was a limited release, and it's so it gets wide release this weekend. And both of those movies are only available in theaters. So if you want to see... Um, last night is la- it's last night in Soho, right? Yeah, last night in Soho, night in Soho. and um, the French Dispatch. You'll have to go to theaters to go see it. So. Double feature. And finally, as a tease for those of you who are listening to this podcast, and a segue into Kirk and I's review, which we're going to record right now. Dune Part Two has been greenlit by Legendary and Warner Brothers. Uh, Variety was sort of reporting. Because people were wondering <laughs> what was going on because the movie, this is not a spoiler, title card pops up on the movie and it says Dune Part 1, right? Um, and everybody who's read the books and people who saw the movie are like, so what's the story with Part 2? Like, that's definitely happening, right? And Warner Brothers basically couldn't say because Legendary was the studio that had to make the call on that and they did that today and mm-hmm. greenlit. So Dune 2 or Dune Part 2 or whatever they're going to end up calling it is happening. And Dune did very well this week. I think one of the other things we learned over the last two weeks is lots of people have HBO Max because <laughs> Dune um, did not perform as well as you would think, though still very well for pandemic times. And yes. nobody has Peacock, which of course we knew that. I think I'm the only person <laughs> on earth who has a Peacock premium subscription because uh, Halloween Kills did 50 million in the box office its opening week, going up against No Time to Die and you know Venom and everything else that's up there. So mm-hmm. nobody has Peacock. Not a soul. Not a soul. (laughs) I want to just talk briefly about Dune Part 2 because can you imagine if if Dune Part 1 did not get enough power, did not get enough revenue, and the studio's like, nah, we're good. And then you have this film completed that says Dune Part 1. Yeah, right. (laughs) Part 1 of of (laughs) 1. Part 1. It's kind of like, you know, the history of the world Part 1. Uh, which yeah. has now just now they are sequeling it. Yes, giving a part two. That was kind of part of the joke <laughs> that there was never going to be a part two. And then you know, fifty years later, <laughs> however many years it's been, it's part two coming down the line. So I just I just had this thought that you know, if I was an investor in Dune Part Two already and it didn't get greenlit, I'd want my money back. You know, Absolutely. If it, like <laughs> yeah, you're like what. <laughs> Come on. You called the first one part one. I thought we had an understanding here. <laughs> yes. Yes. I thought <laughs> yeah. this was good. Done deal. No. Yeah, come on, guys. But yes, it's happening. And right now, Kirk and I are going to go record that review. But for the rest of you listening to this What's Poppin' episode, we leave you here. Let's pop it up one last time. Pop, pop, pop. Thank you for listening to this episode of Popcorn for Breakfast. Our executive producer is Ryan Spriggs, and our original music is by Rhetoric. You can check them out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon Music. 
We are on Facebook at Popcorn the Number Four Breakfast, as well as Twitter and Instagram at PFB underscore podcast. Check the description to find out how you can connect with us on Discord, subscribe to our YouTube channel, and follow us on Twitch. If you like this episode, please subscribe, like, comment, rate, or review. And if you want more, you can find all of our episodes and videos on popcorn the number four breakfast.com. We'll see you next time. Yeah.